Captain's Log, star date, 2021. This is nonsense. I'm Radham. Welcome back to another intro and another podcast featuring just me. That's right. Me, myself, and Jacques Lamore of Pop Punk and Pizza. Two homebred, I mean, I think homebred, loving French boys with French names. Jacques Lamore at the I don't know if that's how you say either of them, but that's how I'm going to say them now. Mix them together, we make the perfect Frenchman. But today, we just make for some great conversation about podcasts, what it's like to be a radio DJ, and, you know, what it's like living in Chicago, because I live in New York, not Chicago, and New York, Chicago, very different. Pizza's very different. We talk about that. You should listen. It's pretty exciting. Um... It's a little bit different than what we usually do because usually we're talking with bands and we play some music and this and that. But you know, today it's podcast to podcast, love to love, people to people. I think that used to be a thing years ago where they invited kids to go to different countries and learn new things. I was too afraid to go, so I didn't go. Messed up there. I'm a fucking idiot. Anyway, let's keep this going. Uh... Pretty excited for this episode. I'm excited for every episode. But I'm especially excited for this episode because it's a little bit different. And Jacques was just a very fun guy to talk to, and I'm very excited for it. So without further ado, let's kick it over to another episode of Nonsense Podcast featuring Jacques Lamour of Pop Punk and Pizza. What's up, everybody? It's Radham, and you're back for another episode of Nonsense. And this week, we are catching up with uh, Jacques Lemoore, and he does the Pop Punk and Pizza podcast. He also does some work for Bangarang Radio, and also um, St. Jimmy. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, it's St. Jimmy. Nice. Green Day Day Tribute. A little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, my, my full-time gig is actually i'm a uh a morning radio host in my hometown so i do that as well <laughs> what town and station um i'm on wfav 95.1 fm in bourbon a illinois no do you do you play like mostly like alternative or do you do like pop punk or what kind of station is it it's a top 40 mainstream station so you think it, it's pretty much all pop. I mean, there is some alternative that sneaks in the charts there. Um, but uh, like, you know, like All Time Low, for instance, we've been playing Monsters. Um, Machine Gun Kelly, you know, m- my ex's best friend, we've been playing that just because it's crossed over from the alternative format into the uh, the pop format a little bit, you know. So, so. For, for the most part, though, you're Taylor Swift by day, pop punk by night. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's uh, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, obviously, because it's pop punk, you know. Um, but it's still a, just a whole different world. Like, I obviously was was raised on, you know, pop punk and punk rock, and I I wasn't raised listening to top forty radio. And I honestly didn't even start listening to Top 40 Radio until I started working in it. So there was like a lot 
that I missed. I mean, I knew some of the the major stuff. Like, obviously, I knew who Backstreet Boys are and NSYNC and Britney Spears. Those those pop artists because th- those were the ones that were in in the mainstream when I was growing up. You know, so um, so th- those I knew of, but there was so many others that I just either didn't know of or knew their name, but knew nothing else. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So how did you end up getting into doing pop punk and pizza then from radio show? Um, I actually, <clears throat> so I, I was in a pop punk band, uh, from when I was 13 years old until I was 25. And it was right around, it was right around uh, that time when the band um, ended twenty when I was twenty four, twenty five. So going back to like two thousand fourteen, um, I was, you know, I was really I was doing the whole I want to make this band my career thing, and I was just I was just getting burnt out, and I I wanted to have a steady paycheck, but I still wanted to do something in the the music world somewhere you know and i always had an interest in radio so i thought okay let's let's do radio so i went to a like i guess like a trade school because it wasn't college it was just like a year-long program where they teach you all the different elements and forms of broadcasting from radio to tv to you know the internet and they just kind of throw all that together within a year program. So I did that. And uh, before trying to land a radio gig, I thought, well, I need experience. So that's where I was like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. And that was in 2000, yeah, 2014 ish. Like I, like, like I said earlier, uh, I didn't start pop punk and pizza at that time. I started a, uh, podcast called bangerang radio which ended up becoming a network for a little time and and um that's where pop punk and pizza comes in later um but that's a whole nother <laughs> whole nother thing um so after podcasting for a couple of years my I, I i decided i need to to narrow down the type of podcasting i was doing i kept learning that you need to have like a like a niche and I was kind of all over with my all over the place with my content as far as guests go. Uh, it was all types of different genres, uh, sometimes not even music related. It was just kind of like all over the place. And so I thought about, OK, what am I most passionate about? What do I love the most? And I'm I'm obsessed with pizza. I'm simply addicted to it. And I'm equally addicted to pop punk. So that's that's when pop punk and pizza was born in September of 2016. So, um, a a lot of people actually had a conversation with someone, I think it was in like the pop punk kids Facebook group the other day, because I posted something about the podcast in there and he was like, Oh, I'm just so done with the whole pop punk and pizza stereotypical thing, you know, all pop punk kids, uh, just eat pizza and stuff. And um, honestly, the the name of the podcast has nothing to do with the stereotype. It just happens to be what I'm most obsessed with. But 
I guess that in itself is a stereotype, right? <laughs> I mean, I think about it too. Like, if you're trying to, like, like any pop punk kid, whether you like that stereotype or not, like, you know what the pot, you know what the podcast's about. It's just fun and pop punk. Yeah, and also the uh, the idea. Um, I, this hasn't been happening happening with the pandemic, but the idea was to every episode sit down with a band or whoever it was involved in the pop punk community talk and eat pizza together so we've done that on a lot of episodes not in the last year but before that um most of the episodes take place while we're eating pizza or just after we got done eating pizza you know vice versa that's odd. that's a really an awesome concept too especially for the community we're in i mean excuse me i mean like you said you, you know whether people like it or not that is what pop punk is has always been like that pop punk pizza thing and it's <laughs> it's 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 just fun yeah you know? it's like it's yeah. like after shows going to taco bell do we all like taco bell no not everybody does but it's fun to go to taco bell after a show right um my honestly i think that's what i miss most uh, th- those were some of my favorite mem- memories being in a band in high school was after the show going out to denny's or yeah taco bell or Sometimes it was Steak and Shake. Sometimes it was IHOP. You know, the 24-hour places or the places that are open late, you know. Um, And just being there super late um, after, because we're all like super hungry after a show, right? Because you're you're jumping around, you're getting sweaty, all that fun stuff. And so you're, you just want to eat afterwards. Right. So, um yeah. So yeah, the whole Taco Bell thing is is definitely you're definitely uh correct on that one too. Yeah. So I do have to ask before we do move on. Being that you do love pizza as much as you do. And you know, you're in Chicago, we're in New York. What's what's the take on uh the, on the pizzas? <laughs> um I I get asked this question a lot. I've had New York pizza quite a few times. My oldest brother actually lives in Brooklyn. Um, So I've been to, you know, New York City, Manhattan, uh, Brooklyn many times in the last 10 years. I like it. Um, I like the pizza there, but I mean, I'm I'm always going to be in favor of Chicago pizza just because that's where I was. You know, it's what I was I was raised on. But I've had some excellent pizza in the state of New York and in the city as well. So I, I've got nothing bad, got nothing bad to say about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't really fault you on anything there because I've never had deep dish. I've, I've, I would like to, just never done it. Yeah, but. the the funny thing about the the deep dish is is kind of like the the touristy side of chicago um if you live in chicago i feel like most of the time you get more of like the tavern style uh crust is is what i I, how i would describe it um which is it's not pan but it's like in between like a thin crust and a pan crust if that makes sense right it's not like super thin but it's not super thick it's just kind of like medium i guess you could say um, and, uh, the, mo- most of the time I feel like that's what we, you know, what we eat, you know, you're saying when I go to Chicago, don't get the deep dish, go for the tavern style. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that, 
Um, because our deep dish rocks, of course. I mean, I, I won't deny that, but I will say, um, if, if you happen to be in Chicago and maybe the, the pizza place that you have the option of going to doesn't have deep dish, um, go ahead and give it a try because you're probably going to be thoroughly surprised and, and enjoy it. So, but yeah, no, the deep dish, uh, most of the time I don't get the deep dish unless, um, I've got a friend from out of town and they want the Chicago deep dish, which I can, I can't blame them for. I mean, sure. You're in Chicago. Why, why the hell not? Like go, go for it. It's just kind of like, um, you know, going to New York city and wanting to see, uh, Ellis Island or any of the, you know, the stereotypical places. I totally get that too, though. Cause like most people, like when it comes to like New York city pizza or like New York pizza in general, mm-hmm. like the, the like New York city slice that you get in the city from like the little bodega and you're walking around. is really not that great as far as New York pizza goes. And yeah. I'm probably, probably going to get slapped for that. But <laughs> like I, I live in Poughkeepsie, which is a little North. And like, I've, so I've had pizza like all over from like Poughkeepsie down, down into the city. And there's just so many good, places to get it and it's always different and the different takes but yeah yeah I, so so yeah i agree i i mean some of the uh i some of the places there's a place i had some really great pizza in manhattan one time it was like a sit-down place and but i can't remember the name of it i wish i could um but it was like downtown uh manhattan it was fantastic and then uh, like outside of New York, up in uh, Terrytown, yep, yep. Um, had I think the place was called Nick's in Terrytown. If it wasn't in Terrytown, it was one of the towns nearby, um, and that was great, you know. So, and that's what thirty minutes to an hour from New York, something like that. Yeah, something like that, depending on traffic. It's about forty-five minutes, fifty minutes. No. Yeah. I, I like took 15 minutes to an hour from my house, probably like 40, 30 minutes from the city. Yeah. We, we, I took a train there, so I, I wasn't sure like what the, <laughs> the distance was driving, but, uh, right, right. But yeah. So but let's shift from pizza over to your podcast. I want to talk to you more about that. Okay. So sure. What are, what are some of the greatest stories and people you've gotten to talk to, like meet through your podcast? Um, I mean, I've been really lucky to meet, people and and bands that have been my musical heroes since i was introduced to punk rock you know i got uh, i've gotten to talk to Jarrett reddick of bowling for soup i've gotten to talk to uh quite a few members of real big fish uh both current members and members who are no longer in the band um justin courtney pierre of motion city soundtrack um, I mean, uh, more, more recently, uh, Bonnie from stand Atlantic. Um, and it, it, it's, it, it's incredible meeting them and just them allow or, uh, them giving you their, wow, I can't talk. <laughs> um, the, the giving of their time to you uh, is, is what I mean to say. For some reason, I can't process the words in my brain, but I think you know That's what I'm saying. That's being on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, but I think you know what I'm saying. You know, them spending the time to talk to you, even though you're not 
alternative press or you're not one of the more profound media outlets in the scene. Right. And uh, especially when you can tell, or at least you you hope so, you can tell that they are enjoying themselves and they're, they're opening up about their life and their experiences. Um, that, you know, that's a, that's a humbling thing, but you know, I, to, to flip on the other side, a lot of the guests I've had on the podcast are complete strangers. Um, like, I mean, talking to you, I, I, I literally just met you and I know you're going to be on pop pumpkin pizza in like a couple months or oh, actually more like a month. Um, so, you know, like, um, there's, there's a lot of interviews on, on the, or a lot of episodes of the podcast where, um, I, I meet a, a complete stranger and end up becoming, you know, good friends with them or just becoming fans of, of what they do. Um, yeah. I mean, that's something we loved about doing this is, you know, in 2020 and, with everything going the way it's been with the music community, we've gotten to make more connections and meet more people through doing this and that we would have maybe we maybe would have came across playing shows, but we got to meet so many more bands and all this all uh, make all these more. Uh, see, now I can't speak <laughs> Make all these new connections that we normally wouldn't have made unless we were out playing shows. So I totally get where you're going with that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that's a big part of it too. Just because, um, I'm not a lot, uh, even before like the pandemic, I wasn't all, um, I'm, I have a, such a bit busy schedule. I'm not able to go to a lot of shows. I do try to make local shows when I can, but it's definitely not as often as I would like. Um, and hopefully the local shows in general will come back. They will eventually. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll, uh, be anxious to hit one up once, once they do start popping up. Um, but uh, especially just talking to bands in, in the scene that I live in, in the, the Chicagoland area, some of, uh, some, you know, just unexpected relationships come out of interviews. Like I, I really love, there's a, a band I talk about from Chicago all the time called Till Morning. And I just really love those dudes and I'm big fans of them. And I from like the moment I had them on the podcast a couple of years ago, I just knew there was something special about, about them and getting to be like a part of, of their circle is just super flattering just because they're so talented. That's really, that's awesome to hear. And it's, it's great. That's one of the great things about, you know, not just podcasts, but technology in general. It's a way to make these connections that you wouldn't normally make. Yeah. And, I don't know if I, <laughs> did I actually answer your question? You were probably looking for a specific story, weren't you? Not really a specific story. <laughs> you did, you, you did it in a more vague way, but it was, I mean, I answered the question. I'm trying to think of a, a specific story that someone, you know, like a, a specific story that sh someone has shared with me. Or like just something like crazy that like you heard and you're like, wow, um, I don't know if this is real. Okay. Well, now something's coming to my mind. I remember um, sitting down with Krista Makes of Less Than Jake uh, about, th I don't know, maybe three years ago, two or three years ago. And Less Than Jake is is one of the veterans of the band's Warp Tour. They've, I believe, I they've done 
they've played the most dates out of any band, I think. Um, and so I had to ask him, okay, what are some crazy Vans Warped Tour, you know, stories? And um, I remember he told me in, I can't remember specifically what year, and maybe he didn't tell me what year, but it was in like the earlier uh, stages of Warp Tour. So like in the late 90s, he was telling me, you know, the, the, you know how they always provide catering for the bands on Warp right, Tour. Right. Okay. So he was telling me back then, like <laughs> in the late 90s, the catering was literally like this food truck or something like a, it was just a truck and he went by there to get, you know, something to eat or something to drink. And there's a guy making there were, one of the guys was making Kool-Aid in a, like a big, you know, a big, big uh, container of some kind. And I mean, I'm talking like gallons upon gallons, you know, like one of those big Gatorade tubs or something. And uh, he, the guy stuck his arm in there to stir it. And he's stirring the Kool-Aid with his arm. And I mean, it's Van's Warped Tour. It takes place in the summertime. So it's hot as all hell. And this guy's just sticking his arm in there. And he's just stirring the Kool-Aid, you know. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm not going to drink that. You know, sure somebody found his Band-Aid later that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a Band-Aid in their, their little cup of Kool-Aid. Oh, what the hell is this? Oh, it tastes extra sweaty today. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's just a, you know, that's just a little little story there. Um, it was another thing that was really cool to learn um, from Scott Klompenstein from Real Big Fish. He's no longer in Real Big Fish, um, but he was in the band for 16-some uh, years. And he got to go on tour with Green Day back in the Nimrod days when they uh, just released, well, obviously they released Nimrod, but that's where the song King for a Day uh, comes from. It's on that record. I'm not sure how familiar you are with Green Day. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but King if for Aaron a Day. He'd be like right up on you because he's obsessed with Green Day. <laughs> Who is? Uh, Aaron, or uh, who usually does it with us, he's obsessed oh, with Oh, man, Day. it's too bad he's not here. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Green Day fan. So anyway, when I was talking to Scott uh, Klompenstein on the podcast, he was telling me on the Nimrod tour um, that him and another member, or maybe two other members of Real Big Fish, were hired to go on tour with Green Day for so many dates to play the horn, horn lines uh, in the King for a Day song uh, that they would play on tour. And I thought that was like the coolest thing. <laughs> like they literally, uh, they were recording like their next real big fish record. They had to leave. They they left the the studio for a while to go play with Green Day. Like uh, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, you need to yeah. go. You know, play music with one of the best to do it in the punk game. So right, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, anything. Anything Green Day related that someone shares with me, I always nerd out. So <laughs> I can't help. Green it. Day. Uh, what's what's? Why don't you give us a little background on uh, Saint Jimmy? Um. Well, I Saint Jimmy. I joined in the fall of, I think it was two thousand sixteen or seventeen. Um. And uh, it's it's a Green Day tribute band. 
um, that had been around for almost 10 years at that point. And they asked me to, to join them just to play second guitar, like Jason White does in Green Day. And the funny thing, <laughs> the funny thing about me joining St. Jimmy is that I said, you know, after, after I quit, uh, my band, the projection, I said, if I'm ever going to be in any kind of cover band or anything like that, it's going to be a Green Day tribute band. Like that's that's my, the only way I'll ever do anything like that. Right. And lo and behold, <laughs> like I didn't even pursue the opportunity like they, you know, I had known them for years. And so they uh, their lead vocalist approached me one day. And I just, it was funny because I, I've like, I've literally said that for years. Like if, if my band doesn't work out, I'll just join a green day tribute band and, uh, it, it happened. So, um, but yeah, uh, we're a four piece. Um, and you know, we've, we've been lucky. We've played house of blues in Chicago a few times around the holidays. That's always been a fun time. It's always a uh, an honor and a privilege to be able to play such a, a well-known venue like that. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's pretty much what it's all about, you know, is uh, just not sounding. I mean, no one can ever sound exactly like Green Day, but um, we just do our best at um, playing the songs as best we can. And have you had any crazy like hecklers come up to you be like, ah, blah, 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 you should have done this instead of that? I had a guy come up to me. We were playing a really, most of the time our sets aren't super long, but there were a couple shows that I've played where they were like the typical like bar band, like three and four hour sets. And this one was, I think, like a three hour one. And so we had, we did two sets and in, be, in between the two sets, you know, we had a break and I had a guy come up to me and he was just telling me, um, that my guitar tone, um, didn't have like enough distortion for the American idiot songs and such. And, um, but he wasn't like being like a, big asshole or anything so i guess i guess i haven't really like had any trouble with hecklers <laughs> that i can think of but that's like the, the just like the way he came off was you know a little a little rude I one think. of those like you know you're not green day right kind of guy <laughs> um no i i don't know like it really wasn't that bad but for some reason that's the only thing that that comes out in my mind so pretty mild i mean we've been we've been pretty lucky you know um, but it's cool when like the diehard Green Day fans come out and they're, you know, they're singing along and because obviously we're fans too. That's why we're doing it. So I just love being able to sing along with, you know, with them. Now, do you, do you guys do any touring with that or is it all just local? No, it's uh, we, we've done some they've done some regional stuff, um, just, you know, like Wisconsin and Indiana uh, Michigan, but that's, that's about as, as far as they've ever gone. There was talk of like going to Vegas at one point. Um, but that, that's never happened yet. I don't know if that ever will, honestly, but you know, 
Um, no, it, it's mainly just been in the, you know, the greater Chicago land area, Northwest Indiana, you know. Nice. So, so how, you've been doing that, you said since 2016, I think you said? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, the, the fall or winter of, of 2016. So, um, and, uh, obviously we haven't played in a while because <laughs> right. of the pandemic. So. You know how that goes. <laughs> oh man, it's we so we we yeah, we 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 played like four shows and then we had a bunch of stuff booked and planned out and then uh especially here in New York, uh everyone was just like, "Nope, psych, cancel it all." Mhm. Yeah, I, I mean, uh here in Illinois, it's been very strict as well. So, I know I feel like New York and Illinois have been well, and now California, they're pretty strict as well because their COVID numbers are so high. I don't know how high they are in New York right now, but I know when this first started, New York city was the worst. Yeah. It, it was crazy here because we're only about on a, on a good day. No, on a bad day. Excuse me. We're only about like just a little, just about two hours, maybe a little over two hours North, uh, without traffic on a good day. It's like, I, I've gotten to the city in like just under two hours. But, um, yeah, it's like most of the people in the city when they were flocking out, they were coming here. So we all got like super nervous. We're like, well, is that going to raise our numbers and this and that? But, uh, luck- luckily we've all been, uh, we've all, all been okay up here. So, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God for that, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. My, uh, yeah, my brother who lives in Brooklyn was telling me how much of a ghost town Manhattan was probably still is to a certain point, I would imagine. Yeah, so Aaron, um, he played our bassist who also does the podcast with me. He uh, works in the city. Okay. Usually, when he's working down there, he lives just across in uh, Jersey City. Okay. So it's like a train, just like a subway ride away. Yep. But um, he hasn't been down there since March of last year, and they told him he can work from home even more into this year. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Like, I haven't been to Chicago. And because I live, uh, I, I live an hour south of Chicago. And normally I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I go like very, very frequently, but, you know, I'm usually up there more than once a year and I haven't gone there at all. <laughs> like I haven't been to the city since like February of last year, so almost a year ago. And it's just like so weird to me, you know, mm-hmm. like. Just because I guess the the main reason I would go up there is to go to shows or you go to the museums or, you know, the, the typical things you go to a uh, city for, you know? Yeah. So, it's just yeah, no, it's, cra- it's crazy to think that this is, you know, going on a year we've been living like this. Yeah. Hopefully you know? uh, this this year will be the last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so. So I'm going to shift over to you. You said you do a morning show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to ask you the question. I'm sure everybody asks you. Okay. <laughs> how how do you do it? Like, how do you know, like, what to say, when to say? Like, how do you always have something to say? Because that's always my thing is, like, you're talking to yourself kind of deal most of the time. So I, yeah. I was always like, how do you do it? Um, One of the uh, the first things I learned going to broadcasting school, one of the first things 
my uh, first teacher, because you've got several teachers throughout the the program that I went to. Um, but the the first teacher I had told me, "You're you're supposed to imagine that you're talking to one person, not thousands of." people you know like it's not if if you if you've seen the movie good morning vietnam with robin williams like think of like the opposite of that because he's all like you know i mean sure no, there's nothing wrong with being high energy like he is in that movie but he's like you know like talking to everybody he's like hello everybody and you know like you're not supposed to um and by the way that wasn't a um, I wasn't trying to impersonate Robin Williams because if I was, that would have been close to it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know that I, that wasn't what I was trying to do, but if I was, that would have been awful, um, an awful impression. But uh, regardless, you're supposed to, to think singular and even like with podcasting, that's what you're supposed to do too. Like, but most of the time in podcasting, you're usually talking to one other person like you and I are now. So it's a lot easier if you've got someone else to talk to. Um, and for the most part, except for like the last year and a half, I actually, I do have someone on my show with me to talk to in the studio for a couple hours. Um, but for half of the show, it's just me. Um, so yeah, you're, you're supposed to envisioning you're talking to your best friend or you're talking to your mom or you're talking to your dad or whoever it is. And um, because the, like the minute you envision, oh shit, there's 20,000 people listening to me right now is just like you're gonna fuck up <laughs> you know like you're totally gonna screw up um and so and and it it takes a long time to to get your mind thinking that way and and getting comfortable and because you're because they tell you to sound as conversational as possible don't talk like uh you're some big to do announcer kind of thing. Uh, you're supposed to talk just like how you and I are talking now. Like just, we're not supposed to like yell <laughs> right? Um, at people. And also um, even like the words you use, like don't say, oh, hi everyone. It's Jacques here. You know, you say, no, hi. Uh, you know, I hope you are having a great day. You don't say, I hope everyone's having a great day, you know, because I mean, let's say you're in your car, you're going to work. You're, it's just, it's just you in your car. There's no one else there, you know? So you, you got to speak like you're, you're talking to one person. Um, and, uh, as far as, as knowing what to say, um, since I'm doing, I, I'm working on a music station, it's not necessarily uh, a talk show. So it's not all talking, but with it being a morning show, there's a little more talking on a morning show than there is any other part of the day on the radio station. So um, I always just try to prepare as much as possible with local topics to the area that I live in or stories about the artists or something interesting about a movie or anything that's relevant, you know? So especially when something's trending. So like, for instance, the Bernie Sanders memes, you know, with the mittens, right. I mean, I've been talking about that here and there, um, on the show. Um, like I, I remember I talked about it today cause I found, um, 
an article that says he's raised like $2 million from the merchandise he sold from that, <laughs> which yeah. is, and it's only been a week. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. Like in one week, $2 million, $2 million worth of merchandise just for that silly meme. So do you, do you pre-record your shows or do you do them live in the morning? Uh, most of it is live there. Uh, there are, they're the last, I'm on from five to 10 in the morning and the last hour of my show is recorded. So, um, and the, and the thing with, with doing music radio is since you're not supposed to talk for a long time, normally you kind of have to get straight to the point with what you're talking about. You have to condense what you're talking about. So let's say you find the perfect story to talk about let's say this story is about taylor swift and how she talked about she had an affair or something and the article that you found about this taylor swift affair is like four paragraphs long well you're not going to read four paragraphs worth of information you just kind of want to get to the point you know and just say so taylor swift admitted that she you know, had sex with so-and-so's husband and she has come out to say she regrets it. She'll never do anything like that again. And her uh, most recent album, there's a song on that album called Fake. And it was written about it. And here it is. Boom. Like, that's it. You're done. And then you're listening to the entire song, like, who was it? I must know more. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you have to just, you got to uh, condense things. And, and there are, like, I do have, um, I do have sources uh, that will already have this information condensed for me. So that way I don't even have to do it. I can just read the copy or I can just, you know, at least have that information in front of me and just word it the way I want to. Um, so that, you know, cause that's really important because a lot of people, if they're listening to a music station, they want to hear music. So sure. They want to hear topical information that they're interested in, but they also want their tunes, you know? Right. So they, they, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it comes down to, I, I feel like some people that, that tend to uh, talk too much on the air tend to talk more about themselves. And if you are going to talk about yourself, you have to do it in a way that you can relate back to your audience or connect it back to your audience and not just ramble about, oh, I'm having a really bad day today. And it's like, okay, no one wants to hear that like <laughs> you know so you have to you have to find a way to take that and connect with your audience it's like the opposite of podcasting where it's like podcasting it's like tell me your story i want all of it you're right it's like nah just just give me just give me this give, give me the spark notes real quick <laughs> yeah um now now when i do have my my co-host on with me for two hours in the morning um when her and I talk, our breaks tend to be a, a little longer. So they're not like 30 seconds or a minute. They end up, excuse me, they end up 
being like two minutes, but that's usually as far as I'll go. But if we're going to be talking for two minutes, I got to make sure we're talking about something of interest and something of substance. You know, we, uh, we always come up with questions to ask our audience on social media. um, And then we read off those answers on the air. So for instance, today, trying to remember what question we were asking um now i can't remember it's been so many hours ago i guess um but we might ask okay what was your favorite toy as a kid and then we'll we'll talk about that for maybe i don't know two two or three segments throughout that hour or two together because we'll get you know multiple people answering things and the way radio works, the I believe somewhere the average person when they're in the car, they're only listening for 10 to 15 minutes because they're they're going to work and they're not that far away. You know, right. um, so and, unless, you know, they're going to the city or something like that. But um, at least the the in our area, it's like an average of 10 to 15 minutes. So. Maybe they didn't catch the break where you were first talking about your favorite childhood toys. Maybe they didn't catch that 30 minutes ago. So you're going to talk about it again or that kind of thing. So. Nice. Yeah. So what's, so, what's your, what's your, what's your favorite thing about doing a morning show? Um, I think just, it's a, it's a great way to, to start the day. Um, I feel like because not only do you are you responsible for I don't know I, I'm trying to think how I word this <laughs> um you you have the privilege of starting off someone's day on on the right foot right you know um besides your own and I think that's I think that's what I, I like about it is that I get to brighten or try to brighten. So my, my, my goal is to always try to brighten someone's day that might not be doing so well right now um, because that's something that I can relate to and while well, we can all relate to, right? So I always try to, to start off the show with some kind of positive message. And I, 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 even throughout the whole show, I always try to be as positive as, as possible, but especially starting off, opening up the show, I always just try to be like, you know, okay, we got a, a, another day of life to live, you know, let's not waste it. And just, it's, I don't know, there's something refreshing. It, it, I, I hope it helps that person. And it definitely helps me. Um, it, it's, I guess it's a message for myself that I try to, relate to other people as well so it's just it's cool to 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 wake up with people i guess <laughs> to put there it simply go. there you go you gotta you gotta wake up and put smiles on faces yeah yeah exactly um, we're getting close towards to the end here sure so this is where i like usually we do a band you do like a like a beer shout out or you know if there's any local bands in your scene or anything like that but if there's any local artists you know, to your area that you'd like to give a shout out to, or someone you've talked to recently that you think, you know, people should look more at. This is your time to give them some spotlight. 
and talk about your favorite beer and why it's Rolling Rock. <laughs> um, man, a uh, local artist in Chicago. Um, there's so many. It's really, <laughs> it's really hard to choose. Um, well, let's 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 narrow it to ones that you think people should be looking at right now. Well, I know I mentioned Till Morning earlier, so that's definitely one people should be checking out is Till Morning. Um, I always also mention a band called Guardrail. They put out a really amazing EP uh, in 2020. If you're into more of the punk rock style of pop punk. Um, and hmm, I'm trying to think. Um, Action Adventure is another great local Chicago band. Awesome band. I was going to say you probably know them. Yeah, um, their name I know. And then I, they just put out something recently too, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. And the last two or three some months, it's just, it's so hard. <laughs> like, it's so hard to narrow down uh people just because there's so there's so many um here in the uh the chicago area um i will say though uh one of one of my friends in the chicago scene uh named dave gomez um he's he's fairly well known in the the pop punk scene here and uh he's recently been uh diagnosed with cancer um and uh he's he's battling it and he, his survival rate is is very good it's not like a lethal uh, death sentence or anything like that. But as you know, even with a disease that you're going to survive and overcome, there's tons of costs involved with that. Um, so there's so many people that are friends with Dave in the scene and they all got together and they're putting out, uh, this compilation where they're covering, uh, songs from some of Dave's favorite bands. And there's like, there's at least 20 some um i can't remember the exact number but there's a ton of chicago area bands that are going to be on this compilation and it's just really cool to see your scene get together and help someone out in need there's just nothing like it it's just the coolest thing ever um so if if anyone is interested in checking that out um one of the probably the most well-known person that is a part of it is uh tim rogner of alistair um, he is, uh, covering, I, I think he's actually doing an Alistair song, <laughs> which is, you know, funny. It's, he's not covering someone else's song. Um, but, um, regardless, he's a part of it. And I think that's so cool. Uh, if you want, if you want to check out this comp though, it's uh Dave Gomez benefit comp dot bandcamp.com. So if you want to see what that's all about. It is on Bandcamp. That's was a question I was going to ask. Like, where do we acquire this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on Bandcamp. It, it actually doesn't get released until March, but they're doing pre-orders right now. Um, and there's also a T-shirt you can buy as well. Which, if you're a big fan of Atticus, like the the clothing line, they des- Dave is a big Atticus fan, so they designed they they mocked the T-shirt to look like the Atticus logo, and it says Gomez, and with hmm. the you know with the bird. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's a it's a great uh, knockoff. <laughs> That's great. And it's it's great to see that the scene coming together to support somebody. Yeah, you know? 
Exactly. And, and someone who deserves it because Dave is very supportive of everyone in the scene. He's always going to local shows. Um, I mean, he's been on my podcast just because I've known him for, you know, so many years um, playing in bands together. And it's just it's just always cool to see everyone come together. So, right. It's yeah. really weird. You said come together because so I live home and my mom's in the other room right now. And all I can hear is she's listening to come together. Whoa. Like you said it at this tune. Like I just heard it like through. Then you say come together. I was like, yo, this guy's definitely hearing what I'm hearing. <laughs> That's creepy. Actually, I do not hear that at all, but that is weird. It's <laughs> very weird. Um, and then to answer your question about beer, um, I'm actually not a big beer drinker. Um, I don't drink alcohol very often any longer. I'm not, straight edge but i just i don't i take coffee recommendations too man coffee <laughs> beer as long as it's brewed i'll drink it yeah if uh if you're looking for a, like a cheaper higher end coffee um it's still folgers i know people frown upon folgers but try if you're if you like dark roasted coffee try the i think it's called midnight dusk it's like a very special Folgers coffee it only comes in like the smaller container and it's got like a special label it's not like any of the other coffees (laughs) um I, i guess i buy that because like i said it's like on the cheaper end but it's also doesn't taste like the cheapest coffee either so i love that it's called midnight dusk that sounds like it sounds like an old Western movie. Yeah, it does, doesn't it's like it? John Wayne starring in Midnight Dusk. <laughs> it really does. And the, they have actually they've got another one uh, called Golden Dusk, which which sounds even more Western. Yeah, it does. you know, yeah. But I think it's Midnight or sm- maybe it's Smoky Midnight. Maybe that's it's something like that. Um, Either way, it sounds like a Western movie. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I heard the the Western that Tom Hanks is in that just came out is really good. I can't remember what it's called. It's up now. Yeah. Um, but it came out like this year. Yeah. I don't know if you can see over my head. I have like a young Frankenstein and a Cary Grant and Grace Kelly to catch a thief poster. Oh, dude, that's awesome. That's movies, great. Movies, movies are my thing outside of music. Dude, I, I love classic movies. I've seen that movie. It's a great one. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. man. Great guy. Yeah. I'm going to have to, uh, I have to go look up this Tom Hanks Western. <laughs> yeah, uh, my girlfriend watched it with her parents the other day. That's why I knew about it. <laughs> so, well, hey, it was really awesome to get you on. Really awesome to connect. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm very excited to be coming out and talk to you more and flip the script on a uh, pop punk and pizza here. At some yeah, point. I felt I feel so weird about this because it's like I'm not asking you anything, and it just feels strange. Yeah, <laughs> it feels cool. so we'll, strange. We'll and then we'll ask people who did what better. <laughs> well, we could definitely do that. We could do a take a vote, take a poll. There you, know? you go. Yeah, take and it we'll to the eating pizza. To, yeah, I mean, we could eat pizza virtually. I mean, I've I've done that a couple times. We'll cheers um, through the screen. Yeah, right. I mean, cheers to the screen and everything. But uh, yeah, thanks, Radham. Uh, this this has been fun. I was actually, by the way, I was jamming out to Groundhog Day just before this. So, um, I'm uh, I'm telling everyone to go listen to that song right now because I can't believe it hasn't broken a thousand 
plays yet on Spotify. Like that song deserves thousands upon thousands of plays on Spotify. Dude, thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. I'm really glad to have had you on, and I hope you have a wonderful night. Thanks, man. You too. Don't worry.